Hey, welcome to Sonic Serial. I'm Jesse. And I'm Mark. And in this podcast, we can take a deep dive into albums from some of our favorite artists, track by track. And today we're discussing the album Post by Bjork. And it was produced by Bjork, Nelly Hooper, Graham Massey, Tricky, and Howie B. And it was released in 1995. And today we will be covering track one from the album, as we do. And that's it. Yeah, so let's tell you about Post. This is Bjork's second album. And in a Pulse magazine article from 1995, they wrote, If Fritz Lang's Metropolis represented the mechanized, gadget-crazed, ultra-modern debut which used all the urban technology available to Bjork. Then Post represents all of the earth dwellers who toil deep and dank underground to make sure the city functions, but are forgotten by those above. Wow. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Like, it's just basically saying debut is on the surface and Post goes deeper. Yeah, I think it's also saying that debut was very tech, like, tech-heavy for... Yeah. like she was kind of like experimenting and this one's more earthy grounded i don't know okay if i agree with that all right but yeah because i feel like debut is more her coming from iceland and doing like rootsy stuff like and uh and then post is more represents her city life in London and meeting a bunch of people and experimenting with electronic music and um, yeah I feel like she's just taking more risks as an artist because I feel like debut she wasn't as confident so there's a lot of interference and from other people like record label people maybe just like maybe telling her to do what's more trendy maybe and then post is more her own decisions and more confidence to explore riskier things i guess makes sense yeah so what what else is (laughs) what else is going on at the time with bjork um well yeah so where we left off after she released debut, she toured it and promoted the album all over the world, and she kind of became this it girl of alternative pop music. And so it kind of felt like everyone wanted to like get to know her and hang out with her and work with her. She <laughs> she met a lot of people and did a lot of things. Did a lot of things, and uh, she even walked in a Jean Paul Gaultier fashion show. And that was coincidentally included in the Robert Altman film, uh, Pret-a-Porter, or Ready to Wear. Pret-a-Porter. Pret-a-Porter. I don't know. Um, And then she also performed a cover of the Rolling Stones' Satisfaction with PJ Harvey at the Brit Awards. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I I had heard it, but I've never seen the video until tonight. Yeah, and then they both really complement each other. Yeah, 
And then even Madonna wanted to work with her, and she asked her to write a song, a bedtime story. I think she even wanted to sing it with her, but Bjork just didn't feel that was right. Good call. And then when she's asked about it, she always claims that she did it more as a favor for Nellie Hooper, who was working on Mm. that album with Madonna. And yeah, more so than like she did it for Madonna. Um, Back to PJ Harvey, there's a... (laughs) Um, a photo shoot with Tori Amos and PJ Harvey um, for an article in a magazine and it says the three have risen up the charts with their characteristic brew of spooky left field weirdness and estrogen marinated musings <laughs> this is such a weird description for these like ama- three amazing women. Yeah, and then it, little... it gets worse. It was they decided to have a Tupperware party for them. Did not date well. No, definitely some good old nineties normalized misogyny. Misogyny. Well, after finishing the tour for debut, Bjork went to the Bahamas to record her next album at Compass Point Studios in. Nassau? I don't know if I'm... Nassau. 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 Yeah, Yeah, Nassau. And then she finished the album later in London. I grew up in Florida, so I know it's... Have you been there? Yeah. What's it like? A Caribbean island. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It has a lot of poverty. It has a lot of beautiful beaches. Um, Do you feel like that environment reflects in the album as well at all yeah i do i mean it's you feel like you're with nature i thought i read somewhere that she wanted to record it in capri in italy at the studio where mariah carey records so i wonder but mariah carey was like shut her down no they were like we don't have enough money so we have Uh, to go to the Bahamas instead but I wonder like if that would have made the album sound different at all Hmm. I don't know yeah I've heard artists asked if the place that they recorded made a difference in the album they say it does but not as much as you'd think like they kind of go in with a vision and yeah it's more just like a space that feels calm and away from everything else yeah I mean if you're really strong-willed, it's rare that you. a lot of what you do is influenced by your environment, I guess. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but everything she does is influenced by Iceland. Yeah. And stuff, so... I don't know. Don't make me start again. That's her DNA. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, why was the album called Post? She called it Post to... Like I said... Oh, wait. I don't even know because you made us do so many takes, but I I was saying that she um, moved from Iceland to London and so, yeah, she wanted the album to reflect that and to reflect being in a new environment and it's kind of a double entendre, like where post means after and 
there's also like the post like mailing like so it's supposed to be like a letter to her family and friends back home hmm. or like a postcard interesting take <laughs> well because she I was quoted like you're gonna <laughs> lawyer me no not lawyer what do they call it in a 1996 interview she said it's very simple i always knew it would be two albums and that's why i called them debut and post before and after which seems so much more straightforward which seems smooch more straightforward <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i like your interpretation it's well, I'll talk more about it. As we, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the album artwork. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, a very busy environment, much busier than her last album cover. Um, and it's in color, so very vibrant colors you got pinks and orange so it's basically her uh standing in kind of this wacky city i don't know just surrounded by all these it always col- reminded me of like tokyo like every time i saw yeah them, I thought it was like so it's all these like colorful images and she's just standing there like while all this chaos is behind her and um this photo was shot by Stefan Sednawi in London. He worked with her on the Big Time Sensuality music video. And he said um, it was meant to look like Piccadilly Circus. And it also had a lot of Eastern Asian influences. So that's why it feels like somewhere in Japan or yeah. China or Korea. Thailand. It looks like... <laughs> it looks like... A, like a toy store or a candy store, and that's kind of what the album feels like. Just very colorful. <laughs> to me, I see a lot of, like, LED billboards. Yeah, so those... What those are actually, like, hanging postcards. Mm-hmm. And um, they were designed by Me Company, or Paul White, who's with Me Company, who did a lot of their graphics, her graphics in the 90s. And... um when I ever saw that, it said, I thought it said Paul McCartney. This <laughs> is like Paul Me Company. Yeah. So they had a big fan on her. And that's why, um, I guess, the photographer said he was using a slow uh, shutter speed. So that's why everything looks all like mm-hmm. blurry or in motion, I guess you will. What else? Uh, she wears a jacket designed by Hussein Shalayan. Chilean. Um, it was made of Tyvek paper and looks like a mailing envelope. Yeah, so that goes back to what I was saying about it being supposed to be like you're mailing a letter or a postcard. Yeah. So she, she's kind of mailing herself. That's what, why she wore it. Yeah, okay. Post. I can see I can see the, the progression here. When, when or, she first did debut... She knew she was going to make two albums, so she's like, debut and post. Like, yeah. she knew that way before. But then when she actually did post, she's like, how can I play with it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're both right. <laughs> or no, this is a maybe limit. you're right, and maybe she saw, like, that, and she was like, oh, post. After, yeah. Or no, like, post sometimes means, like, l- 
like mailing things. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, I can wear that envelope. No, I meant after like jacket. after she had done the album and stuff. She's like, oh, she thought she'd have fun with it. Yeah. Um, there was an alternative cover shot by Jean-Baptiste Mondino before. Oh, wait. What was that pink circle thing behind her? Do you know? Uh, I thought she was wearing a hat. No. What is it? <clears throat> I guess it was uh, one of those Chinese paper umbrellas and mm. someone was spinning it. Oh. I thought it was like one of those Chinese hats, you know, like that you wear when you're like in the rice fields. No. But pink. <laughs> Okay. No. Um, yeah, her jacket was uh, made of Tyvek paper, and it looks like a mailing envelope, as you said. <laughs> um, I, when I was in high school, stole my um, mom's credit card. I went to the mall <laughs> with my friend, and we went to this really like fancy store, and I bought a Tyvek like onesie. That's cool. Yeah, and it had little like plastic toys sewn on it. Did, did you? And ever, it was really expensive. Where did you wear it? I never wore it. <laughs> <laughs> then what was that for? I don't know. I just just to do it. Just to yeah, be I was rebelling. Does your mom know? I don't know. She's gonna Next find time out. We see her. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna tell her to listen. It to was that. really cool though. It was like that, like like kind of papery, fabricy mailing stuff. That's had cool. One zipper Sounds like a fun raver outfit. Yeah, I wish I'd still had it. Um, all right, an alter- alternate cover was shot by Jean Baptiste Mondino, um, where she's surrounded by silver balls that kind of look like pearls. Yeah. Uh, which one do you like better? Of the one they went <laughs> with. <laughs> of course, <laughs> because I don't yeah, know. You could not wait to get that out. <laughs> I mean, it was the same photographer that did debut, and debut, that cover was good too. But um, I don't know. This just doesn't really fit in line. It kind of looks like kind of Madonna y or 80s. Opulent. And like kind yeah. of sexy, if you will. She's like sticking her tongue out. Yeah, so it's like, about to take a drop of something. There's in her mouth. much more meaning behind these songs and this album that just that 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 doesn't really feel like her yeah but yeah (laughs) uh all right what about some album trivia well a couple years after the album was released she released a remix album called telegram which had a booklet of i get it post telegram oh yeah facts emails texts (laughs) Um, and, and the booklet had photographs taken by Japanese erotic photographer Nobuyoshi Araki. And then later in 2008, the online music magazine Stereo Gum released a compilation called Enjoy, where different indie artists cover each track from the album. And in her podcast, she said some keywords to describe the album are urban, greedy, Promiscuity, euphoric, absorb, orange, pink, urban. What kind of fragrance would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Was that your tummy? No. Oh. <laughs> and here's the mic. Um, 
<clears throat> another piece of trivia, it also ties with one other album um, for the longest streak of singles and songs that have videos. What's that other album? Uh, the longest streak of singles, songs with videos. One of her albums? Yeah. So this, she has two albums that have, oh. that have like a one video for every song. And this is one of them. Uh, with the Fonikura? No. Homogenic. Oh. I put a clue there. I put Sapien. Like Homo Sapien. Oh, I was trying to... I yeah. didn't catch the... Um, there you go. Wow. But actually, when I found that piece of trivia, the... There was some arguing on Reddit talking about whether it was Boldacura or that one. And it feels like you'd be pretty easy to, to check the facts. Yeah. Okay. Next next podcast. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this track that we're all here to talk about. Army of Me. <laughs> Well, this is the first single off the album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and what about production? Uh, well, what about background? Okay. Um, I feel like it's just gotten in trouble. <laughs> this song was written and produced with Graham Massey from 808 State, which... I really like. Yeah. Um, and they made it around the time of debut, but she felt it didn't fit in with the album. So it was just kind of put on the shelf and brought back down when this album came out. Yeah. Uh, okay, now about production. Well, the song uses, throughout the song, it uses a drum sample from Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks. Yeah. She samples a lot. <clears throat> yeah. And I heard that she doesn't always like. <laughs> oh, just white. <laughs> okay. I got some tea, sampling tea. Um, the song also has this rolling fuzzy bass throughout and explosion sounds, sampled orchestral hits, and a growling guitar sound during the chorus. And. Bjork said she did the sarcastic scratch noises in the chorus with the coin on a deep bass string that Graham sampled. Uh, Yeah, it has a very industrial rock vibe to it. Yeah, it sure does. Also, music analysts found (laughs) that uh, the lyric melodies use Locrian and Phrygian mode. If you're what are those? Into music. Oh man, I knew you were gonna ask that. Um I guess from what I remember in my music theory education, uh there's like different kinds of scales or note groupings. Okay. And they all have names like Locrian for you. All right. 
I'll so you know how like stop right there. You call it chromatic. You use all the notes, and then major you use like a certain like route of notes. Okay, for everyone that speaks English, <laughs> um, Phrygian, Phrygian, Phrygian mode English, my ass is more laid back and mellow with major third and a flattened second. Um, and it's often used for minor keys and has an exotic oriental feel. On the other hand, Locrian mode is a lot more intense and jarring with a minor third and a flatted fifth. Yes. Here's some examples. Oh, that's great. Well, that takes us into song meaning. So, Bjork said that she wrote this song for her deadbeat brother. <laughs> Is he still deadbeat now? I don't know. I mean, she's not writing songs about him, so I guess he got his act together. But call me PC, but I feel like she's being a bit insensitive. Like, uh, you know, sometimes people just need to understand that sometimes people go through ruts and, you know... What, how old was she when she did this album? Oh, I don't know exactly, in her late 20s, maybe. Mm. But, yeah, and then she was like a child pop star from the age of 11. She had her own album and stuff, and it's yeah. like, well, not everyone can be like, you know, Miss Thing with musical talent and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, like, get off my ass when you're like life when everyone <laughs> it's me I'm her brother uh I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore you know what I'm trying to say uh, <clears throat> I stopped listening if you it's just you know don't be so quick to point the finger like you're talking to me there's a way to talk to people don't write a mean song about them like this oh <laughs> Yeah. You know, but but I feel like when you love someone sometimes and they've they're kind of fucking up, like you can only do so much. That is true. And I mean, yeah, I guess you know, I don't know the whole story. I wasn't there, obviously, but yeah. Well, anyways, a post book was released to company. I was looking up. At- Aaron R. Severson, that's his name. Oh, I think so. But it's showing like somebody, this like um, CrossFit instructor. You think that's him? I don't know. But I I also found that she included him in um, his, his, I mean, in her latest music video, Ancestor, Ancestress. Hmm. So he was in that video. So they're, so they're. There's no bad blood. I mean, it was dedicated to their mother Mom, that's true. who passed, so I don't know. But it was nice of her. Yeah. Um, Would you put your brother in your video? Yeah. <laughs> if you wrote a song about him, what would you tell him in it? Uh, you're a good father. Keep it up. I don't know. What would you write a song about your brother? 
Yeah. What would it be? Oh. Um, you have a very nice wife and you play video games well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that song. Okay. So, a book called Post, like the album, uh, was released to accompany the album. And one of the pages shows some handwritten lyrics that she did for the album. And one of the lyrics for the rough draft that she had of this song is, You're worse than Morrissey. You're a coward. Lazy. Expect so much. (laughs) Man, Morrissey's just been like hated by people his whole career. Yeah. I I heard he's kind of pretty fucking annoying. I mean, yeah, he's just like... I mean... I'm guessing she's saying that because Morrissey is very mopey and writes a lot of mopey songs, mm. and she's just like, "God, like lighten up." But yeah, then uh, later in 2004, she wrote another song for her brother called "Where's the Line," and like meaning like, "Where's the line with you?" Like, where do you draw the line? Like, <laughs> not those lines, but like, I guess it was about him. Like, he keeps asking for handouts maybe or something like that mm. or, <clears throat> or or help or support or attention yeah or, I don't know maybe I'm interpreting it wrong but it's um like she's trying to help this guy and he's just not it's just a lost cause it sounds like what does that have to do with the line though like you know like Enough is enough. Like where do, where do I, like where do you draw the line when you're someone's family member and that's like, what I said before. Oh okay, all right. Let's. Doesn't it start with stand up? Yes. Yeah, You've got too up. many demands. No, you gotta manage. I won't sympathize anymore. I won't like she's done being like Mr. Nice Guy, and now she's like. That's it. Just like she's kind of like a drill sergeant here. Hmm. Or a militant. I wore a pink shiny jacket for this podcast. You did. It fits the vibe, the lights, everything. The label <clears throat> is Frog Togs. <laughs> we, didn't we get it at like a sporting goods store? Yes. In Colorado? Yes. Yet it looks like you could be headed to the rave. Yes. All right. Do you want to talk about the music video? Or should we start again? <laughs> As you said, the video is directed by Michael Gondry. Michelle Gondry. And now we're starting over again. You're not going to embarrass me like that in public. Oh, yeah. That's all you do on this podcast. Well, he said he came up with the idea and the storyboards for the video in a hotel in Los Angeles after a night of heavy drinking. And he thought it was so good he was worried that someone would stab him in the back and kill him on his way to the lobby fax machine and it would never get out. That's some crackhead shit. 
I feel that way sometimes. Really? Like, damn, I hope I don't die right now. I got some good stuff coming <laughs> out. <laughs> or, like, I got, like, I'm looking forward to, like, going on this trip. I hope someone doesn't kill mm. me today. I just mean, like, the, I can just imagine his notes for the video. Like, big truck. Yeah. Bear, you know, dentist, diamonds. Like, I feel like sometimes when you're, like, you'll come up with something when you're, drunk or high and you think it's the best thing in the world uh, and you read it the next day and you're like oh <laughs> yeah well I guess that's why the video is the way it is so get ready so <laughs> in the video Bjork is wearing a karate suit with Reebok Insta pumps, and she's driving a really big rig tank truck which breaks down because the engine is made of teeth and it's rotted and there's that's a, why it broke down yeah there's like a and then she opens the hood and it it um a hobo <laughs> comes out is that a homeless person <laughs> i don't know it's a guy like wearing really raggedy clothes and he has like those smell what do you call them smell waves coming out of them he's like green and he's yes. like, his teeth is all crooked and stuff. Anyway. So he's homeless. Yeah. I guess. Or he was living under the hood of the car. Have you ever found a homeless person <laughs> under the hood of your car? That's not funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Well, anyways, after that, she then gets a toothache. And she goes to the dentist, and the dentist is a gorilla, and the gorilla dentist finds a diamond in her mouth, and he tries to steal it, but she tackles the gorilla and manages to tie him to the chair. And then she escapes with the diamond and throws it under the hood of her car, or her truck, and it starts running again, and then she drives it to an art museum where her loved one in this video is like dead asleep and he's being displayed as an art piece and then she sneaks into the museum with a time bomb and places it by his ear and then she runs out and the bomb explodes and then he wakes up and then they hug and then she cries diamonds and that's the end well I hope that all our vision impaired hearing vision impaired <laughs> <laughs> listeners appreciated that otherwise go check out the video yeah well it's crazy a lot happens in it it does and thank you for the play by play and not too many of her videos I mean up until like this time had like plot like kind of narrative mm. movie-ish plots yeah. like that but um also this video was one of the first uh, videos or films to use the bull time effect that was popularized by the Matrix, apparently. And piece of trivia, my neighbor in Eagle Rock was the inventor of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, shout out to them. <clears throat> shout out to them. Yeah. His garage is full of cameras. <laughs> <laughs> no, like they invented it in, in their garage. Sounds sketchy. Um... Well, Bjork said, I thought I should be driving a very, very big truck to try to wake up this person who's asleep. 
That was the plot. So I get the biggest truck in the world, and I'm so mad I've got metallic teeth because when you're really angry and you grind your teeth, then you have to go to the dentist. And then I go to the dentist, and he tries to steal away the diamond that I didn't know I had. So it's, it's that's kind of reminds me of that villain in the James Bond movies who has oh, the, yeah, the metal teeth. Um, fuck, I should know what this is. Kate Blanchett is a voice in this. <laughs> Tina Fey? Um, <laughs> is this too distracting? Should I? No. Okay. What is this that's playing on the TV? Betty, Betty White. White. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. put on Jaws. Jaws was the guy. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Okay, um, what so about do you well when thinking about the symbolism mm. maybe it's like she sees herself as this like angry like hardcore person but then when the dentist like goes digging in her he finds this little spark or this diamond and she's like she runs away with it and she's it's getting bigger so it's like there's, it's all it's actually all out of love, <laughs> and she has. It's actually just her love and care. It's not her being mean or anything. Oh, see, I saw it like she's shining bright like a diamond. Yeah, I saw it like she was real mad, and then the dentist found this in the diamond, which was like, oh yeah, I'm like good inside. Yeah, and but then he tried to take take it because that's what people do. Yeah, with with people's light. I mean, people sometimes. take advantage of yeah. Um, why was she so mad in the first place? Oh, because her brother. Yeah, because okay. this person wouldn't wake up and snap out of. Oh, that's her brother. I just in the video he symbolizes her brother. Yeah, he's just lying around. Yeah, and he's like sleep, like just in this yeah. deep sleep. Yeah, that's deep, man. That's deep, man. Okay, so the live performances of the song. Uh, talking about that. A notable performance was with Skunk Nancy, the British band, and it was on Top of the Pops, and they both really belted out. Yeah. And I also like the version she did at Coachella in 2007 with all the brass and stuff. It was good. Mm-hmm. You were there too? No, I wish I was there. Oh. Were you there in 2007? Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah. You saw her? Well, I caught a piece of it. There was so much to do. <laughs> and, and then you're high and it's... Yeah. I don't know. That was a good time. I mean, I, was, I wasn't there. I was wishing I was there. You should have come. If I would have known you. Yeah. What about remixes and covers? Uh, well, this song has been remixed by the BC Boys and the band Skunk and Nancy uh, and Graham Massey. Among others. Among others. Uh, the single artwork is made by Me Company, the same folks that did the... The postcards. Postcards. And the her album designs. Um, and it was influenced by Astro Boy. Shout out. 
I love me some Astro Boy. Yeah. Um, and shows Bjork in a futuristic superhero cadet um, and some polar bears. Yeah. And the song was covered by the band Liars for the Stereo Gun Gum compilation. Did you I yeah I have it. Oh, I used to get them all like as they would come out. Oh, because it's a series. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, in two thousand five, Bjork released a CD of twenty covers and remixes from artists from all around the world, including Fifty Hertz, Patrick Wolf, and Tor Bruce. The profits went to UNICEF to help with the tsunami relief. Do you know which tsunami? The one that happened in two thousand five. 2004. <laughs> yes. It hit. I think it's. I thought it was Bali, Thailand, Thailand. I think so. Keep going. I'll look it up. Well, um, my favorite on this album is the Beats Beyond remix. <laughs> I actually did a Mirawise disco science mashup. I love Mirawise and I like that song. I would love to hear it. Can't believe I've known you this long and I've never heard it. Well, can we hear a little bit of it right now? Here's the exclusive premiere. Okay, it was a 2004 earthquake in the Indian Ocean and it created a tsunami in Sri Lanka and um, sort of all the areas in that part of the world yeah and she actually went there around that time I don't know why <laughs> but uh, maybe it's because she was like working with UNICEF on this thing and um she said that actually influenced some of her album Volta. Hmm. Yeah. You got any trivia about this song? <laughs> um, well, it was used in one of your favorite films, 1995's Tank Girl, um, and in 2011's Sucker Punch, which features a remix by Marius Debray. Do you like Tank Girl? I do. What do you like about it? It's so 90s. It's so funny. It's so raven. (laughs) It's so alternative. (laughs) Did you know Courtney Love supervised the soundtrack or curated it? Yeah. How did that happen? Who did she know? I I don't know. Could it be anyone? Ice-T, Lori Petty. (laughs) I don't know. Um, did you? I was thinking more she knew like a producer or a director than one of the actors. Probably. <laughs> Interesting. Or maybe she didn't know anyone and they asked her. Just because she was on Friends? Courtney Love. Oh. <laughs> what the hell? I thought you said Courtney Cogs. <laughs> so I was like, what how did she? What's the connection there? Oh man! Um, I would have liked to see the drag show we saw last night. The 
character <laughs> was that's Courtney Love Cox. That's right. Okay. It was a scream musical. Yes. A scream drag musical. It was funny. Speaking of 90s things. Yes. Uh, did you see the film Sucker Punch? Yes. Did you like that? I did. Cool. I saw it once. I don't really remember it, to be honest. I'd watch it again. I saw it when it came out, so it's been a long time. So, let's talk about misheard lyrics. Oh, that means we're gonna we're we're getting near the end, isn't it? <laughs> Gird your loins. Yeah. Uh, tell me about misheard lyrics. Well, there's, I guess, uh, the in the chorus. Sometimes people mishear it as. And if you complain once more, you'll meet an Annie Oakley. I don't even know who that is. She's a famous Western gunslinger. Oh, get your guns, Annie. Yeah. Okay. Annie, get your guns. <laughs> Annie, get your guns. What are you, her dad? Uh, get your gun, Annie. Okay. What's another one? Um... <clears throat> Which one's the original? Well, it's all the same. It's if you complain once more, you'll meet an army of me. Yeah. Oh, I see. So these are just the variations. Yeah, yeah. You'll meet an arm in your knee or you'll meet an arm in your teeth. Yeah. And then there's another one that says, and if you complain once more. Can you sing that? No. Come on. I can't. Just like you know, like say. You're sing gonna it. have to wait till Thursday. Just say sing it. <laughs> You're gonna have Thursday. to wait. Oh, karaoke. Um, no, just like say sing it, and if you complain, you know, like. And if you complain once more, I'll be damned. I love me. Cool. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> so what's next? What's our next? Oh well. Uh, Congratulations, you've made it to the end of Sonic Serial. Um, thank season you for three, your, episodes one. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your patience. And your patience. Uh, We've been dealing with a lot in life. Yeah, we moved to San Francisco from Seattle. We moved to California. <laughs> we moved to... Wait, we've always been here. We've always been in... We just moved, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, we just moved from one place to another... Not necessarily from one state to another, from no. one city to another. Um, <clears throat> got a new place. I guess that goes with. We spent things. some time. Yeah, we visited. We went to Paris for the weekend. It was yeah, <laughs> it was or or maybe four. It's quite eye opening. <laughs> we went to Paris for four, five weekends. Yeah, we kept coming back. We couldn't get enough of it. We literally were in Paris for five weekends in a row. But, yeah, but you know, that gotta, was cool. Got to come back to work. Yeah. Fashion um, week. Yeah. Patisseries. <laughs> okay. So what's next? Oh, we're going to do tracks two and three. Which are? Hyper Ballad and The Modern Things. Mm. Which one's your favorite of those two? Hyper Ballad. Duh. And I can't wait to talk about it. Why? I- I just can't wait. I'm so excited about this whole album. I've literally, I couldn't sleep all week. Really? 
For real? Is that why you've been like Sonambulating around? I think so Wow I just love doing these podcasts so much Well, maybe after you listen to this recording You'll (laughs) Yeah We gotta get some guests We gotta get some guests If anyone that's listening to this wants to participate in our podcast Raise um, your hand uh, Please contact us at Sonic Serial at gmail.com. That's S O N S. Wait, S O N I S O N I C. S E. Just. It's spelled how it looks on the. Whatever you're streaming it from. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Alright, bye. Bye. Konnichiwa. <laughs>